What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Bring in show music, please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod. Travel Armageddon. Thousands stranded at airports and pilots stretched thin. We'll dig into what happened with Pilots Union spokesman Dennis Tazier. It's a failure to plan. The system is under stress because of a failure to plan by management. Are airlines strapped enough to start cutting corners? They are pilot pushing and they are narrowing the margin of safety. Our fatigue calls have gone up tenfold and this has just got to stop. And our auto and airlines reporter Phil LeBeau on the summer of flying the painful skies. The airlines know that they have a problem in terms of staffing. What do we see for the 4th of July? What do we see for Labor Day? And does the federal government get more involved? It's Wednesday, June 22nd, 2022. Squawk Pod takes off, we hope, right after this. For the next 15 seconds, picture yourself in a small town. Historic buildings with galleries, restaurants, micro distilleries. Forested ridgelines on the horizon. Wide alpine meadows. Evergreen forests threaded with trails. Friendly locals eager to guide you. And if you're not quite ready to leave this fantasy, chances are you're our kind. And you should check out visitparkcity.com right away. Park City, Utah, for the mountain kind. Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. You're listening to Squawk Pod from CNBC. Good morning. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. We are live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square, or at least I am. I'm Becky Quick, along with Brian Sullivan. Joe and Andrew are off today. And Brian, it's really good to see you this morning. Thanks for being here. Sure. My pleasure. Well, no shortage of shortages in 2022. You've got cars, car parts, computer chips, and as it turns out, airline pilots. More than 5,000 flights were canceled over the weekend. Many because of staffing issues, American Airlines announcing it's suspending service to three cities because of a lack of pilots. Captain Dennis Tazier is a pilot with American Airlines. He serves as spokesman for the Allied Pilots Association, which is a union that represents 15,000 professional pilots. And Dennis, we've talked a lot in the past about some of the issues, but it seems like things have continued to get worse. Um, Thousands and thousands of flights getting canceled and passengers getting stranded. What's happening? What, what's the problem? It's a failure to plan. Uh, the system is under stress uh, because of a failure to plan by management. You know, I was on this program when uh, during the pandemic and the investment was made by the uh, U.S. government, the American taxpayer, uh, some uh, $13 uh, billion to uh, 
American Airlines uh, for uh, payroll support, and they did not train the pilots. And now what we're seeing is a failure to utilize the pilots that you do have, and their backlog in training is, is epic. And now here's the real problem. They're trying to fly airplanes without the pilots available. They are pilot pushing and they are narrowing the margin of safety. Our fatigue calls have gone up tenfold, and this has just got to stop. It's a very serious issue right now, and I'm out on a trip right now, and I had very little time yesterday to spare, otherwise I'd have gone illegal and been unable to fly the rest of the sequence. Meaning that you have to have so much downtime before you continue. You can only fly for how many hours, and then you need how many hours off? Uh, That's correct. The length of the day, actually, my day was already built at about 12 hours, that left me about an hour to spare, built as scheduled. You have any hiccup there and, and it's fallen apart. So this is a failure of management to utilize the money that was given to them by the t- American taxpayer to have us ready for the recovery. And we're not. They just did not have a plan. And now we're starting to see them trying to cut corners in training. For instance, Guatemala City, which is a high terrain, very uh, challenging airport, they used to have an experienced instructor uh, go with us on our first flight there. Now they're telling us, hey, why don't you just take a look at this iPad course and you'll be good to go. I think Boeing learned that that's not the way to train pilots. And this is some scary stuff that you're saying, um, and we get it. We understand what the industry went through, basically shut down for a year. My question is this, why do the airlines keep booking flights then that they're not sure they can fill. I, I think people would understand, hey, the pilot's too tired, don't get on the plane. What people are pissed off about, sorry, angry, I apologize, angry about, is that they're buying tickets and then the flight's not going and they're probably thinking, why did the airline sell this flight when they probably weren't sure they could get staffed? That's just weird. That's not weird, that's just wrong. And we're equally as angered. Uh, this is not the way to run a business. What they did was they looked at the demand and they decided, here's where the money is. Let's go get it. But they never had a plan to actually fulfill that. And they left it on our plate. Um, you know, you got to wonder why American Airlines right now, the U.S. government that, that, that books travel for our military members and federal employees has said, do not book American Airlines because of the cancellation rate and the inability to rebook your flights. That's stunning. The federal government is saying, don't book on American Airlines. They sold tickets that they knew they were not going to be able to fulfill this summer. Today, we have 82 of the 84 flights that have canceled for American are all coded because they could not connect the pilot to the airplane. That's just not doing business. That's just selling something that you don't have. Dennis, what what have the airlines executives said in response to this? What are the potential solutions that they've floated aside from saying, let's skimp on your training? The words are all great. The actions are are creating this mess. Um, They've told us they've got a plan. And then we get to these events. You know, in the month of June, American has uh, impacted over 600,000 passengers with over 5,000 flights canceled. And this is not just mother nature. It's their inability to recover because they cannot connect the pilot to the airplane. So they've got underutilization, failure to train the pilots after billions of dollars were invested in them. This has got to stop. This is our second summer of watching this happen, and nothing happens except the same results. The words have changed. The results are the same. Do we need to rethink, Dennis, the 65-year-old age limit? I mean, listen, the president, all the members of the leaders of our nation are in their mid to late 70s. Why do we have this 65-year-old pilot retirement thing? I know a lot of 66-year-olds that can outrun me. 
<laughs> well, you're not running when you're on, sitting in the, uh, on the flight deck. But uh, no, the whole the globe has decided that 65 is the age. The, the uh, federal, or excuse me, the European FAA, EASA, has recommended no change to that. So we have real concerns over cognitive abilities, as well as the um, uh, fact that a pilot in the U.S. would only be able to fly domestically in the U.S. The amount of extra training at a time when the training is very tight to retrain pilots off the wide body international flying to come down to a 737, the one that I fly, and fly only domestically is not a solution. As a matter of fact, Scott Kirby from United, who seems to be getting it done there with his pilots, said on your program, talking with Phil LeBeau, that they're against that change. Um, they have, of their age 64 pilots, he said that 36% of them are unable to fly because of uh, long-term disability and sick issues because of a stringent medical uh, requirements. The industry at the start of the year was going to try to hire 13,000 pilots. The last decade, the in, there's been a new supply of five to 7,000 pilots. The math just doesn't work. And Does the retirement age get lifted a little bit? I, I don't think the retirement age will get lifted. I also don't think it's the solution. At United, you know, our age 64 pilots, 36% of them are unavailable to fly on a given day for sick, long-term or short-term yep. medical. The, the medical requirements are really, really stringent for being a pilot. We're already at 36% by that age, so extending the age, you know, the union is opposed to it, I don't think it's going to be the answer. And he's right. So this is not the answer. You know, these ideas about lowering uh, the experience level as well of pilots, I think Republic pitched that at Bastion at Delta said, let's not lower the bar. These ideas are coming in under duress. They're not coming in as good ideas. No one mentioned this during the pandemic or prior. So uh, you failed to plan. You misused the money. And now here we are, second summer in a row. Dennis, how concerned do American flyers need to be about their safety? Well, they need to be concerned because I'm on TV as a representative for our union saying there's a problem here. But they can exhale because we are going to be that gatekeeper of safety. I don't fly the airplane unless I'm fit to fly and the airplane's ready to go. But the fact that you're pushing us and pushing us, this is not a safety culture. The FAA should come in and look at this. When an airline is under fin uh, financial duress, they put them under special monitoring status. They ought to come in and look at them trying to fly more airplanes than they can actually fly and building these schedules to an inhumane level and then ultimately letting down our passengers and uh, squandering uh, our investors' money. Um, it's it's got to stop. Dennis, those are some pretty strong words. We are reaching out right now to American Airlines for some comment on these comments, but we appreciate your time to get today. Dennis Taser again from the Airline Pilots Union. Bow joins us with more of what we've been seeing with cancellations and also a new trend in airfare purchases. And, and Phil, these were some pretty tough uh, words that were coming from Dennis Taser. We've had him on in the past, and you're right. They are in the middle of a, of a negotiation with the airline right now. But there are a lot of concerns that are out there. This is something that's impacting not just American, but the other uh, major airlines as well. I think Southwest, Delta, and American all had somewhere between 30 and 35 percent of their flights canceled over this past weekend. Big deal. It's industry-wide, Becky. It's industry-wide. And, and when you listen to Dennis Tasier, he makes some phenomenal points in terms of the staffing, uh, the training that needs to take place. There is a huge backlog in training. But the overall issue, and there are a number of them behind these cancellations, there's a shortage of pilots, and that lack of pilots means that there's not enough people who can train the pilots who are moving up. 
You strip out about 11,000, 12,000 pilots who took early buyouts during the pandemic. That means everybody else has to move up the system, which means they have to be certified, trained into whether it's moving into a new aircraft or it's just part of their regular training. And there's just not that ability that that didn't happen during the pandemic. And that is industry wide. That's not just American Airlines. That is happening everywhere. That, along with scheduling, along with a lack of uh, air traffic controllers to the full staffing needs, whether it's in New York, whether it's in Florida, and you just have no slack in the system at all. All of those are contributing to the issues that are out there for the airline industry. And again, it's not just American. And that's not saying that Dennis Tasier doesn't have some good points about his feelings on American Airlines. It is saying there are issues industry-wide. Let's, let's be clear about that. One other great question that Brian asked, though, is how come they continue to sell tickets on flights that they clearly are not equipped to staff. I mean, this has been going on. It happened last summer. It happened this summer. And if you're somebody who's flying this summer, you probably have some pretty big concerns about whether your flights are going to take off at all, let alone on time. And remember, they have already stripped down their schedules from where they were earlier this year. We crunched the numbers thanks to OAG, which tracks all of the uh, airline schedules. And compared to where they were for this summer schedule, compared to where it was when it was set in January, is down 17%. So the airlines know that they have a problem in terms of staffing and making sure they have the right crews in the right place to complete these flights. The problem is they haven't brought it down fast enough. And the question becomes, what do we see for the 4th of July? What do we see for Labor Day? And does the federal government get more involved in terms of saying, look, we told you we need to do a better job. And if we can't do it on our own, maybe there has to be some other solution. And there's a number of options that might be out there for the DOT. But you can bet that they're watching what's happening closely. Okay, Phil, but is it we've been pretty tough on the airlines today and, and deservedly so. But is it only them? I probably don't fly as much as you, my man. But I've been at Newark Airport where there are TSA lines that used to be open that are closed because apparently they don't have people. And I had an airline executive whisper in my ear recently that there are shortages of, of, of air traffic controllers as well, which was terrifying. He's 100 percent right. He's not whispering anything that anybody doesn't already know about. And if you talk with the, the uh, FAA, they will tell you they do not have as many air traffic controllers as they would like to have. They're making a huge push in terms of recruitment. But like every other industry, there were people who either said, I'm done, I'm retiring or I'm quitting. I'm not doing this job anymore. And that staffing is just not to the level where they would like it to be. And that really comes home to roost in high traffic areas like Florida, where the airlines have scheduled a lot more flights than they had before the pandemic, which is understandable. So many people are going down there. And let's say the tri-state area, another area where the congestion and the number of flights, they just they need more air traffic. Then stop selling the darn tickets. Don't sell the freaking tickets. But, but here's the deal, you Brian. Can't Brian, Brian the- here's the deal. Brian, you are 100% right. But you are acting like th- this is something they can snap their fingers. They are, they are gaming out the system in terms of how they believe the staffing will be three, five, six months from now. So they have to sell these tickets in their mind because otherwise you're leaving revenue on the table. And so it, it is a balancing act. And again, I'm not defending the airlines. 
What I'm saying is this is being poorly handled in terms of the scheduling right now and in terms of the staffing, and it's industry-wide. It is not specific to any one carry. And by the way, it's not just the airline industry. You can say thing, the same thing about the retailers, about so many other industries that are kind of chasing after where the consumer, what the consumer wants, where the consumer's headed next. It was nothing we've ever lived through to see the shutdowns, to see COVID, and then to see people you know, change their minds about what they want so rapidly as the conditions change on the ground. Uh, but we, we should point out that what you are seeing right now are some different trends in airline purchases and airline ticket purchases. What's been going on, Phil? Let, let, let me quickly let me quickly talk about this, because I think this is an interesting trend. We all know how much how expensive airline tickets have become. Uh, I think the average fare, according to Hopper for the month of June, three hundred ninety dollars. The average cheapest fare is two hundred one dollars domestically, according to the FA. Uh, according to, excuse me, AAA, and that's an increase of 14% compared to last year. Now we're starting to see buy now, pay later options becoming more popular when it comes to buying airline tickets. Uplift Financing, which is a company that works with all of the airlines. They also work with other companies as well in terms of when you buy your ticket, you can purchase the option or get the option to spread out those payments over three, six, nine, maybe even 12 months. It's becoming much more popular. Here's the chief commercial officer talking about what they're seeing in terms of these trends. So, um, you know, when I look at kind of where we're going, you know, there's just a, a, a this has become for airlines in particular, not a, a nice to have, but a need to have. Right. This is how people uh, increasingly want to pay. Um, and they're they're showing it uh, in in how they're actually booking. As you take a look at the airline stocks, keep in mind that when you have the average airfare right now at three hundred ninety dollars, let's say you're going with your wife somewhere. Now you're getting up with along with fees, et cetera, tacked on. You're getting into the nine hundred, maybe thousand dollar range. You have some kids who are flying. It gets more expensive. You can see, guys, why some people would say if I'm spending fifteen hundred dollars to take the family somewhere on a trip, I'm going to spread those payments out over several months. It's an understandable option for a number of consumers. I will gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. Phil, thank you. It's really good to see you. You bet. And that is Squawk Pod for today. As always, thanks for listening. And thanks to Brian Sullivan for sitting in today. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. And all three will be back tomorrow. Tune in to CNBC starting at 6 Eastern or listen to Squawk Pod anytime, wherever you get your podcasts. Tell us what you think of the podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Squawk CNBC. Have a great Wednesday. And we'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. When you visit a state as big and diverse as Texas, there are a million different trips you can take. Let's say you've got an appetite for whitewater kayaking. You can get your own. So this is why they call it Devil's River. Trip to Texas. Or maybe you have an actual appetite. I'll take a pound of brisket, six ribs, uh, three links of sausage, and a, a piece of pecan pie. Trip to Texas. Go to TravelTexas.com slash get your own for the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours.